Kevin Hardwick here, uh, sitting, uh, but back in the chair. Uh, was away last week, had a family event, a wedding in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Went very well, but glad to be back here. Uh, co-hosting again, guest co-hosting, my friend, Bill Conrad. Bill is a Democratic member of the Tonawanda Common Council. He's also a Kenton social studies teacher. Listen, uh, an hour from now, we'll be joined live in studio by the editor-in-chief and the executive director of Investigative Post, Jim Heaney. Uh, soon in studio, we'll have April Baskin. April is the majority leader of the Erie County Legislature, a Democrat from the city of Buffalo. Uh, but we opened up the show with one of the prime beneficiaries of Jim Heaney's work. Jim Heaney, of course, who will be here in an hour, is the executive director and editor-in-chief of Investigative Post. He broke the Buffalo Billion story. Buffalo Billion story big. Uh, and Mark Molinaro is the Dutchess County executive. He's also the GOP candidate for governor of New York. Mark joins us now via the uh, WBEN live line. Mark, welcome to the program. I'm happy to be here. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Listen, uh, you're going to be in town on Tuesday. You've got an event coming up at the Leonard Post. It's billed as a town hall. What's the what's the format of that? Is it like the town halls we've seen on TV with presidential candidates? Uh, well, only only less cameras, although I wouldn't <laughs> mind a few. Uh, we will be. We'll be there uh, that night. Uh, I guess it's uh, right now, what, Tuesday night. Uh, and uh, no, it's it's uh, please sign up, uh, please uh, attend, and uh, you know I'll give a few opening remarks, and then it's just an opportunity for residents to ask questions. You know, I I, um, I, I started my public service career as a as a village mayor, and uh, frankly, you, you learn that the decisions you make have real effect and real impact on people, and that the only way you get to serve uh, residents is to understand and know them. And uh, you know, we're, we've been holding a series of town hall meetings all across New York. And I'm happy to come back uh, to uh, so, West New York uh, to have... Uh, to so have just in case people are interested, that's this Tuesday, July 31st, at the Leonard Post, which is at 2450 Walden Avenue, Cheektowaga, from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, I think tickets are... People are asked to sign up for tickets, I think, if they go to ecgop.com, the Erie County Republican website, they can get information on the tickets. But it is free and open to the public. Listen, uh, let me talk to you a little bit about the election. You know, last January, uh, in my role as a political science professor at Canisius College, someone asked me from the station to analyze the gubernatorial race. This is before you were involved. And I said it was pretty much going to be a referendum on Andrew Cuomo. It's going to be, uh, are you for Andrew Cuomo or are you for someone else? It was like, insert your name here. Um, I got to believe that you would uh, have have me believe that you are more than just insert your name here. What do you bring to this race? I think so. Listen, uh, but I, I do agree. Uh, this election is a referendum on a governor uh, who I think is divorced from the realities that average New Yorkers face, who doesn't recognize uh, the difference between right and wrong, and has allowed uh, people in his administration to take advantage of taxpayers. And, and because of it, uh, we've seen the highest burden of taxation of any state in America, we lead America in losing residents to other parts of the country, uh, and we've seen uh, the corruption that uh, has just infected, you know, every aspect of uh, of this administration. And and frankly, we're, because of it, we aren't seeing jobs, uh, and we have a, a you know a government that's uh, you know rigging the system uh, and cheating taxpayers. And um, well, 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 you talk about corruption. Of course, what we talk about here, what we're interested in, is something that our guest in an hour, Jim Heaney. Uh, it, it was the first to expose. Many, many call the, him the, the tip of the spear. The tip of the spear, yeah. The yeah. the Buffalo Billion uh, scandal. 
Um, now, concerning that, I mean, you've, you've proposed some ethics reforms, so I'm interested in, in the two E's. I'm in, interested in ethics. I'm also interested in economic development, particularly for the Buffalo area, western New York. I mean, if not Buffalo Billion, then, then what do you have in store for us? Well, let's, let me start with the ethics reforms, and I do believe in, in – and we have proposed uh, an accountability act. You can go online to Molinero4ny.com to read about it. It's 20-some-odd pages, perhaps the most extensive – package of reforms I think any gubernatorial candidate has ever presented, uh, including term limits, uh, ending uh, pay-for-play, uh, no longer will the state, uh, when I'm governor, cut direct checks to businesses. And if you're doing business with the uh, government, uh, you shouldn't be able to uh, influence uh, outco- the outcome of elections. So that's just, it's a place to, st- to start, and, and even more so, accountability, transparency. Uh, and I'm going to force a vote of the state legislature. If I've got included in the budget, we're, we're going to force a vote starting with term limits. Uh, and I've held myself uh, to, to the commitment of two four-year terms. On economics, it starts by making it affordable for everybody. You know, when, when government or a governor gets to direct taxpayer dollars to one or two businesses, it is already going to be a corrupted system. So uh, my goal is to provide a significant property tax relief, uh, make it easier by deregulating where we can and, and streamlining the regulatory process uh, so that businesses can, can thrive. Invest in existing small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, you know, so the 70% of new jobs are created by existing businesses across America. Small businesses and farmers are really the backbone of New York's economy. And that's where we're going to get our, our biggest bang for the smallest buck. So, so, so Mark, are, 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 basically you're saying it's going to be good for everybody wherever they live in the state. Do you have anything in, in, in line for, for this section of the state? Do you think that Western New York still needs uh, extra help? Certainly that's... Uh, that was uh, Cuomo's intention when he when he created the Buffalo Billion, which didn't work out as well. Maybe you could come up with I don't know. Bill Bill Conrad represents Tonawanda and the town board I represented in the county legislature. Maybe the Tonawanda Ten Thousand. Any more than that? I'm investing in infrastructure. I think I think the state does, and certainly Western New York needs needs the attention. I have no question about that. Uh, you know, you've experienced uh, really the the worst, uh, if you will, of the economic downturns over the last couple of generations and deserves the state's attention, my attention as governor. Uh, but it begins by empowering communities. You know, we don't get to – you don't grow jobs by government dictating from Albany down, but rather investing in, in streets, sidewalks, highway, bridge repair, mm-hmm. Internet access, transportation connections, and in communities. So the state should be, instead of uh, – in, in, uh, you know, making decisions from the top down, empower from the grassroots. Roots work with local yeah. officials, work with community leaders, identify catalyst projects, identify underserved communities. Uh, perhaps the state can invest in uh, uh, conducting early in, in, in environmental impact statements to make the process quicker mm-hmm. and cheaper for businesses. And we need to be working working with business groups, chambers of commerce, and otherwise. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Mark Molinaro. Mark is uh, Dutchess County Executive. He is also the GOP candidate for governor of New York State. I'm going to toss it over to my co-host, uh, Bill uh, uh, Conrad. Bill has a question for Mark. Mark, uh, one of the things that came up uh, that uh, in the conversations of this race was uh, you, you pitched a, a fracking program in the southern tier. Um, where did that come from for you? It's been kind of a, a controversial issue here in New York. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? It is controversial, and, and I understand it. Uh, I, well, first I was asked a question, but having traveled the southern tier uh, with farmers and families looking out across the New York State border into Pennsylvania, 
you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, I think there's, uh, you know, there's understanding why why folks would would want the benefit of that. Uh, of, of that economic uh, uh, growth. What I said and, and remain committed to is we have to identify water sources and protect them. That's why government creates moratorium uh, to create, and you guys would know this from, from local government, right? You create a moratorium to establish rules, and those rules need to identify and map water resources, protect aquifers. Uh, and then uh, it, when we know that, I, I don't oppose a, uh, a highly monitored, uh, D.C. monitored uh, uh, pilot effort. Uh, to, uh, to to understand uh, both the benefit and, and the risk, uh, but we we acknowledge uh, we, we know what the risks are. Um, yeah. Through the- well, can I can I go on that a little bit? I mean, I, I don't I, I understand that you know, and I think all of us agree that the technology on this is evolving. Now we have horizontal fracking and so on. But I mean, one of the things that what do you say to the critics that come out and say, you know, shooting something into the ground, uh, you know, this is something you know maybe for West Texas, you know, where you know they don't have. Uh, like you said, water issues or uh, farmland and wineries and, and different things. What do you say to those folks that you know are worried about this really high risk type of a, uh, uh, investment in the area? I say that they're not wrong, and that we need to ensure that we protect those resources that are important to us. And if we can't, then we shouldn't allow for uh, for expansion. But if we can, uh, then it's worth a uh, uh, DC monitored pilot. And I. Again, you know, it's there are there, this practice is occurring immediately across the state line in Pennsylvania, um, and uh, you know, as best I as best I know, none of our natural resources end at municipal boundaries or or state lines. And um, again, I, I think the governor made a political decision, uh, and we ought to be making these decisions based on on science. Uh, and um, uh, ensuring that we can protect uh, those things that are important to us. Again, if you're just tuning in, talking to Mark Molinaro, GOP candidate for uh, governor of New York State, also uh, a current Dutchess County executive. Mark, uh, a couple of big-ticket items. I want to squeeze in in the last few minutes here. A couple of uh, sure. big-ticket t- items in the uh, budget, the state budget, are health care and education. In, in respect to health care, of course, what we see going on in Washington is the dismantling of Obamacare. Um, what is the role, in your opinion, of New York State as Obamacare does get dismantled? Should, should New York State pick up some of the ball? Should New York State offer some of the, the assurances to people that may fall by the wayside as, as Obamacare uh, gets, uh, gets uh, imploded? What New Yorkers should be concerned about is the governor and, and, and others' proposal to, uh, to create government-subsidized, government-run health care in New York. It's a $92 billion tax on New Yorkers, I think what we need to do is to ensure greater competition, uh, ensure access to health care, and certainly those who are reliant on Medicaid uh, need need protections. But 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 I'd offer you that there is considerable waste, fraud, and abuse in the system, and that by identifying that and producing real savings, we can protect those who are most vulnerable and deserve access uh, to to affordable health. Mark, I'm an Erie uh, I'm an Erie County legislator. You're a county executive. Uh, county officials for decades have whined about. Uh, Medicaid costs should uh, should the state pick up uh, the county share of Medicaid? Yes, yes, and and uh, and that's one of the ways to to drive down property taxes, uh, and more importantly than that, uh, by by ensuring that the state's providing for Medicaid services, you can help those most vulnerable. I, I grew up on food stamps. My daughter benefits from Medicaid services. Having every county in the state run a program creates waste. It, it creates inefficiencies. Uh, and it provides this complex maze for people to have to maneuver. So, so yeah, the state of New York ought to take responsibility for its spending. Got 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 about a minute or so left. Can you can you talk to me briefly about education? Both ele- well, let's start with elementary and secondary education. Um, do you see a need for for more state aid? 
uh, for uh, for local school districts. Uh, realize I'm sitting across from Bill Conrad, who's a Kenton uh, West social studies teacher, public school <laughs> teacher. So be careful with your response here. I love social studies teacher. Rich Walker, Steve Sutton, those are my favorites. <laughs> but that, that, it's a good, so, we're good people. <laughs> but we have a top-down approach. We shouldn't. Uh, it's too bureaucratic. We spend more money uh, per, per student uh, on average than any state in America, and we ought to be empowering teachers and communities. So I, I believe in creating... Uh, really, real empowerment connections at the local level. Let the communities, uh, with some state guidance, obviously expect, expected outcomes. Let communities develop what makes sense for them in their schools. Let's empower teachers not to teach kids to take tests, but to teach teach kids to be inspired learners, uh, and and connect business interests, the trades, vocational, all in in the K twelve uh, environment, so that we're producing kids that are inspired to learn and have the jobs, uh, have the skills for the jobs we have and the jobs that we need. Uh, Albany just sucks too much money out of the system and uh, over mandates and uh, creates uh, too and, regulation. And, and, and quickly, Mark, on, on college education, of course, Bill is a social studies teacher at uh, Ken West. Uh, I am a political science professor at Canisius College, a private college. How do you feel about uh, how do you feel about the role of private colleges? How do you feel about the uh, I mean, should college education be free? The uh, the Excelsior scholarship program, et cetera. My, my granddad said there's no such thing as free. I think <laughs> college at, at all levels, private and public, needs to be more affordable. Uh, and again, within SUNY, I think we need to make sure that we're investing resources so that uh, we're producing kids for the jobs we have and the jobs that we need. Uh, but again, I think Albany sucks too much money out of the system and too little gets down into the classroom, whether it's in a, a SUNY school or in a K-12 uh, situation. And finally, and finally, the role of community colleges. I know that you're a Duchess Community College uh, uh, alum. Uh, what's the role of community colleges in uh, today's New York State? Oh, gosh, that is the, that's the laboratory uh, for, for re-educating uh, re- folks to re-enter the workforce, helping kids transition from, from K-12 to uh, uh, to secondary education in an affordable way. Quite frankly, it gives them the tools and the resources they need to be effective uh, in the workforce. I just also want to say that we need to invest more effectively in special education. There are too many who are marginalized. I know it. I live it firsthand. My, my daughter lives with disabilities. Um, too many are marginalized, and we need to create greater opportunities in K-12 and greater secondary Ma- educational opportunities. Mark, Mark I, want to thank, I, I want to thank you for taking a part of your Sunday morning to be with us today. Again, uh, Mark, you'll be in town uh, at the Leonard Post in Cheektowaga, 2450 Walden Avenue, 6 to 8 p.m. for a town hall on Tuesday, this Tuesday, uh, July 31st. And uh, hopefully uh, if listeners have heard anything they want to follow up on, they'll see you there. I hope so. I'll keep my answer shorter for now. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We have to take a break now, but when we return, we'll be joined by April Baskin, the majority leader of the Erie County Legislature. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Back. We're having too much fun here in the control room. Kevin Hardwick here, Hardline, uh, sitting here with Bill Conrad, uh, my guest co-host again, my regular guest co-host. Glad Bill, to be back. Bill is a uh, social studies teacher at Ken West. He's also a Democratic member of the uh, uh, town board in Tonawanda. Speaking of Democrats, I'm joined mm-hmm. by the uh, chairwoman, not, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Boy, Freudian there. Yes, I just gave you a promotion. (laughs) (laughs) Peter, hopefully Peter Savage. Sorry, he gave me state senator title last week. The the majority leader, the Democratic majority leader of the Erie County Legislature, April Baskin, joins me. We we ran long last segment, so we've only got a short segment here. Let me uh, let me, by way of introduction, uh, say to you or ask you how how do you feel about filling the big shoes of Betty Jean Grant. I mean, Mm -hmm. Betty Jean Grant was uh, my colleague in the county legislature for years. 
Uh, she is iconic. Uh, she is a legend, if you will. And here you come in, and she retires, and, and you come in and take her place. I mean, are you conscious of, of, of what you're doing there? Do you, do you know what you're doing, April? <laughs> <laughs> I very much so am conscious of uh, the position that I've taken on. But um, I think with any form of leadership, there's a period where someone has to have a bit of a learning curve and get adjusted and acclimated, and I'm very much in that period. But lucky for me, Betty Jean has allowed herself to be a resource. What, what uh, what uh, moved you to run for the legislature? Uh, the the lack of representation of the demographics that I represent in the body. Um, so after the last presidential election, I, I felt that certain uh, rhetoric made it that we needed to have a balance of representation. Now, now are we talking now? When you say that the demographic, are you talking African American? Are you talking uh, the, female? Or I mean, for or our both? listeners, what, what district do you represent? I represent District Two, so that's uh, the east side and the west side of Buffalo. 83,000 people plus the immigrant and refugee community. So, um, yeah, all of that. Uh, African-American representation is a little light on the legislature. Uh, three females serve. If I didn't win, I was in my race. The primary was between me and four other men. Um, and then, of course, uh, coming and growing up in poverty, um, I wanted to make sure. And I was currently in poverty uh, as a mm-hmm. single mother. So I wanted to make sure that perspective was represented as well. Well, listen, uh, again, I apologize. We went long. The uh, first segment, the phone call with Mark Molinaro. Uh, this was a short segment. Alan Harris is standing by with the news. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about an issue that, that you inserted yourself into recently, and that is the holding center and the problems, some of the problems there, some of the issues there. We'll get back at that. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. I can see. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick sitting here with my co-host, Bill Conrad. Bill, uh, uh, town of town council member, a Democrat, also Ken West, social studies teacher. Joined here today by Majority Leader of the Erie County Legislature, Democrat April Baskin. Uh, April, uh, this past week you called a special meeting of the Public Safety Committee, which you chair, to talk about problems at the Erie County Holding Center. How did that, how did that meeting go? I felt like the meeting was a great success. Um, a lot of us wanted to dive into the uh, State Commission of Corrections report regarding the death of India Cummings, a uh, former detainee at the Holding Center in 2016 who uh, passed away. The State uh, Medical Review Board found her death a homicide. Because of the open litigation process of the case, we were not able to ask specific questions uh, to her death, but what we were able to do was dive into some areas where we could have reform and prevent tragedies like this happening in the future. Where, where do you, uh, you, you said the meeting was a success. Where do you go from, from now? Is that the end of it? Or are you? Absolutely not. That is step one in a long process that I uh, intend to participate in um, and until we find some resolve and we can uh, change some of the hiccups that we're having in the holding center and in the county. Um, so next step would be uh, next uh, Thursday, August 2nd, in my district, I'm holding a community forum where the community will actually be able to respond, specifically those who attended last week's meeting, and they can voice their opinion, their concerns, and how they would like to see justice move forward. That's that's August 2nd, which is what, Thursday? That's Thursday, August 2nd. At, at what time? And where it's is at it? at 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at the Delavan Greider Community Center. That's 877 East Delavan Avenue in Buffalo. Now, now you and I had had uh, discussions last week. Uh, you you called me up and uh, 
told me of plans to introduce a local law. That's correct. What, what would that local law accomplish? I think that we could have, uh, given the circumstances of the holding center, uh, we've seen about 24 deaths in the tenure of uh, Sheriff Howard, as well as um, some nuances in how corrections is run from the health standpoint and the mental health standpoint, re-implementing what was formerly known as the Community Corrections Advisory Board, but uh, kind of changing the mission, including people from the community that work as corrections professionals. I'm sorry to interrupt, but April, I, I understand that the uh, superintendent, Tom Stina, had offered for you to come in and really witness the process from the intake and so on. Are you going to take him up on that? Most definitely. Um, I do have some questions that came up in the report. There were very specific things. Now, we know that uh, Miss Cummings, uh, at one point, because of abusing water in her cell, they decided to turn off her cell. There's some points uh, in the report that says that there are different valves in the cell uh, that where it, sa- it says that they possibly could have just toined off, turned off her toilet. But because of the fact that dehydration was a part of her death, we don't know for a fact if the uh, if depriving her of drinking water was a, a problem, too. Um, so some say that there's one valve that turns off all the water in the cells and another uh, version of it says that there are different ones. So going through and actually to the best of my ability, looking at the specifics of that report, seeing how true it is. Uh, Superintendent Dina did admit on, on the record during that meeting that there is no standard, um, there's no structured rule as to when you deny an inmate water, how that goes. It's, it's up to of, the destruction. A lot of, a lot of discretion. Yeah, is left up to the officers. That yeah. makes me very, very uncomfortable as public safety chair. If you're just tuning in, Bill Conrad and I are talking to the majority leader of the Erie County Legislature, April Baskin, from District 2. Now, District 2 uh, you, you, is wholly within the city of Buffalo. Within the county legislature, I represent uh, two, uh, two towns in a city. Um, most of my work that uh, that uh, my aide Sue Gregg who does all the work that I take all the credit for does <laughs> concerns potholes and roads and the calls come from Grand Island and they come from the town of Tonawanda they don't come from the city of Tonawanda because cities in Erie County don't have county roads correct uh, so there there's zero miles of county roads in the city of Tonawanda and there's zero miles of county road right. in 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 Buffalo so what do, what are the calls that come into your office concern uh, I just want to note that the taxpayers in Buffalo still do pay for pay those for roads. for roads in in the towns. <laughs> right. Yes, well, okay, that's just you, you know, I'm a I'm a taxpayer in the city of Tonawanda, and Correct. and yeah. you know, that's a, I pay for roads as a city taxpayer, and I pay for roads you as also, a county You also taxpayer. use those roads when you leave the city. I, I also use those roads. I do. I do. Yes. Okay. We got the town board member here. Uh, <laughs> saying to get but, to but, the county but ledge. What do, you know, since, there are, since you're not getting calls about potholes, and if you right. do, you just say, hey, talk to Mayor Brown. Right. What do people who contact you want to talk about? Well, District 2 is nine zip codes, and six of them fall within New York State's poorest zip codes. So a lot of the calls that I get reflect poverty issues. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people calling about needing uh, food stamps, um, recertifying, having trouble getting in touch with their caseworkers. Foster care has become a hot button issue. Um, HEAP, veteran services, senior services. I deal with a district that deals with high needs. Now, now you said earlier in introducing yourself that you grew up in poverty, so yes. you have a you have an affinity for this. I mean, yes. you, you empathy. I would yes. I should say correct. So. Correct. 
Right. Now, let me talk to you about your your other role briefly, and that's majority leader of the the Democrats in the county legislature. Is that kind of like herding cats? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it seems herding, there are a lot of a lot of yeah. fractions <laughs> there, or factions in that caucus. Um, I, How has that been? I mean, here you are. <laughs> you, you're coming in. It's your first term. Yes. You you immediately get thrust into leadership, mm-hmm. and you know you're leading a group that seems to be like most politicians like the the republicans too we're all over the place right that's got to be difficult it is especially the Republicans. (laughs) well no well you're not you're not leading the republicans (laughs) that's that's true i lead the body i see i lead the body so i i lead the body i'm the majority leader of the legislature i i I would say that you've been good about reaching out i mean i got a call a couple months ago from you uh, you're Democrat. I'm a Republican. You wanted yeah. to sit down, and we had a nice, nice talk about things that we might work together. Regardless on. of the party lines or the aisle, we have to work collectively to get things done for our taxpayers. So I'm, I'm not new to leadership. I'm not new to public uh, servitude. Mm-hmm. I am just new to politics. So that's the learning curve. It's learning how to deal with people and how to negotiate, which is something that I feel like I'm picking up very well. But leading the body is not something. Now, that's now Bill Conrad has a question. He said he had a question. I have no I, idea I, what he's going <laughs> to ask. <laughs> I, you know. Being a person that's been recent in government myself, I mean, what, what to you is the biggest obstacle uh, when first getting in that seat, other than just getting acclimated and so on? What, 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 what was something that you failed at and that you kind of learned from going forward? When you grow up in poverty, there are a lot of assumptions about people who live in other areas that are not poverty and flux. And I did make a lot of assumptions. And uh, as I learned to reach out to my colleagues and find shared interests, I do understand that just because somebody does not look like me or is not from my neighborhood does not mean that, one, they don't care, or two, they cannot identify. I be, and, and as I was saying, uh, I grew up as a genteel poor. Yes, you, know, you read, did. watched a lot of PBS and read books. But, yeah. But, you know, poverty is in the suburbs as well. Correct. In the town, Correct. That was something that I just wasn't privy to as, as much as I am now. Oh, well, well I have to say, and I'm sure you would agree with me, that's kind of a healthy attitude, you know, the people is. that don't look like me. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there are a lot of people that don't look like me and don't look like you and <laughs> don't look like you, April, in Erie County. I mean, you know, we, right. uh, and too often we 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 uh, retreat yes, uh, to our true. to our groups, the people that look like us, and therein uh, lies uh, much of the problem in Erie County. Listen, we're going to take a quick break now because we have some spots to run that we uh, ran over during the mm-hmm. Molinero interview at the top of the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, I would invite your phone calls for the majority leader of the Erie County Legislature, April Baskin. The number to call, 803-0930. 803-0930. When we return, April will be here. Bill Conrad will be here. I'll be here. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And, and welcome back to Hardline. Uh, Kevin Hardwick and Bill Conrad sitting here with April Baskin, the Erie County Legislature's Majority Leader, if you have a question for April, she'll be here for another 10 minutes or so. Number to call, 803-0930, 803-0930. One person that did call that number, George from Tonawanda. George, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'd like to uh, just have April Baskin keep your eye on the bottom line. That's the most important thing I think any legislator could do. One, you're up there in legislature not too long ago. The whole place went bankrupt because... The legislature with the county executive mm-hmm. not long ago. You were you were not there. I don't. No, I was not there. Thank you for pointing that out. No, you were not. In fact, the person you replaced was there for seventeen years, and her greatest accomplishment, Lynn Marinelli, 
was that she helped bankrupt the whole county. <laughs> well, I, I actually, I didn't. Peter Savage uh, replaced her. I, I'm in the city of Tonawanda. I follow the line of Swanick and Ionello. But anyway, I think you make a you make a good point. Yes. Um, my representative, Lynn Marinelli, was my representative, mm-hmm. and again, she was there for seventeen years. And the biggest accomplishment she had that she bankrupted the county. All services ended. Employees were out the door. Everything was shut down. I mean, seventeen years, and that's all. Lynn. Yeah, I, I, George, I wouldn't. You know, in fairness, I wouldn't hold that all against Lynn Marinelli. She was there, but there, she, she certainly there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people had a hand in that. But I think you bring up a bring up a good point. I'm going to hold you over, George. Let's let's uh, hear from April. April, you know, people think uh, people think people in uh, who who look like me, mm-hmm. right? Republican, old Republican men think Democrats. Uh, they're going to get in there and they're just going to raise taxes uh, and and increase spending. Um, what do you, what do you say to people like that? I think that that is it, it speaks to my ability, like you mentioned earlier, to reach out and build a strong network of understanding the needs of d- different districts. So I, I don't intend on making decisions that just reflect the needs of my district. I understand that we are a body of 11 members and all of us represent groups of people, thousands that have different issues. We have to be responsible enough to come to the table, and make the best decisions, because when one thing changes, it does affect everybody's quality of life. George, do you have a follow up question or or uh, is that the sad? Satisfactory answer. I think we've I think we've lost George. Well, we've certainly <laughs> lost hope George because so. I just hit the drop button. Let me uh, let me move on. April, I'll ask okay. a question that I had um, about uh, you know you mentioned you 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 check two boxes in terms of people that are different than myself uh, and uh, and and Bill Conrad. You're you're African American, but yes. you're also female. And yes. the Commission on the Status of Women mm-hmm. recently came out and um, um, uh, um, bemoaned the fact that uh, fewer and fewer women appear to be running for public office or yes. serving in public office. Yes. I mean, there seemed to be a trend for years where it was increasing, mm-hmm. and now it, it seems to have peaked and, and is falling back off again. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, w- women go- govern differently than men, and we have different responsibilities in our walk of life and our journey. Um, I think when we did have a meeting with the commission this week, we all had lunch. Uh, Legislator Dixon did bring up the point of women having to consider their home lives, their children's, not necessarily more than men, but that is just uh, a natural reaction mm-hmm. and first thought to us. And uh, running for public office and serving the community is a huge commitment. So um, I think the report that came out this week from the Status on Commission of Women is very encouraging. And we see elected officials like uh, Kathy Hochul. We see uh, Monica Wallace. We we myself, uh, Assemblywoman People Stokes, we're all stepping up to the plate and offering a hand to women to be able to come out of their uh, places of fear and concern mm-hmm. and, and step up and serve. I, I, I want to bring Bill Conrad into this uh, discussion. And, and April brings up a good point about the running and serving, taking time away from the family. Right. I mean, yeah. boy, you, you know, for me, I mean, the surprise is how much time running for the office really takes away. I mean, you ran, uh, you, you've run races, as have I, and you sure. win some, you lose some. <laughs> And the, and the ones that you lose, I've lost races yes, uh, for county legislature, a couple of them. Um, and it, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's difficult because you spend all this time 
and you get absolutely nothing. You don't get a job out of it. You get nothing. You don't even get a certificate suitable for framing. Not even a you get nothing. I mean, you know, I mean, you don't get minimum wage for all the hours you spent knocking on doors, everything like that. You get nothing. And I think people don't don't realize how difficult that is. Yeah. I mean, at least serving, you get, you know, you do in most cases, uh, with a few exceptions, get something yes. in terms of monetary remuneration. But also just being able to see the outcome of yes. the work. Yes. You know? And, and that's so important. You know, I teach high school and I teach uh, government class economics. What do you say to young girls in my classes or young, you know, young boys as well? But what do you say to the youth like and how to get engaged? What, you know, what do you see is uh, from your point of view, uh, getting how do you get them started in this process? Uh, of course, uh, volunteering and, and keeping up to date on the issues. I just met with uh, the Cornell Extension and that was a group of young people and they said, but we don't know anything. And I said, we live in such a technologically advanced phase that that's no longer an acceptable excuse. You can Google anybody's name, anybody that knocks on your parents' door, you see uh, politicians literature on the kitchen table. You can literally Google their name. Look at their issues. Look at the things they're concerned with. Are they talking about things that affect you and your family? If so, support them. Drop by their office, figure out how you can help them get elected. If not, then see who's running against them. Should it be you someday? Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, we cut George loose earlier. George is back. George from Tonawanda. Welcome back to the program. Sorry. Did did you hang up or did I cut you loose? Oh, George, I'm afraid I'm going to have to cut you loose again. We've got a terrible connection. You must be calling from a cell phone. I apologize. Um, um, you know, I mean, uh, you're, you're right back on this discussion of your social studies class. Um, it's, uh, you know, what, let, let me, let me throw that question back at you, Bill Conrad. Sure. What do you do to encourage women, uh, and men to get involved in politics? Well, you know, in, in the government classes and so on, you finally, you know, you, you do a lot of like, it's kind of like fact finding and, and figuring out what, what you are. And, you know, you know, a lot of kids come in with their parents background, you know, you're at home, you come in with that bias, but just, you know, again, exposing them to everything, yes. but also providing opportunities for them to attend meetings. Those are like requirements for service hours are usually part mm-hmm. of the criteria, government hey, classes and so on. Hey, hey April, no, I, I, I know in my case, I had a number of people who I look up to as, as uh, inspirational and probably had a hand in getting me into public service. Mm-hmm. As you look back at, at your life, was there a was there a teacher? Was there a relative? Was there a public official like a, a you know I mentioned Betty Jean Grant earlier yes. who inspired you and said I want to be like her or like Betty him? Betty Jean Grant definitely one of them. Um, Shirley Chisholm, the great Art Eve. My uncle is actually a former legislator candidate. He ran for the assembly um, against Hoyt in uh, the early seventies, and then uh, ran for the legislature against the first African American female legislator, Millie, Millie Gillette, uh, in the later seventies. His name was Johnny B. Wiley, and even in his loss, he was a great community impact. There's still even you know a stadium named for him. I, I, I was going to say, Johnny yeah. B. Wiley, really? Yeah, so that's my great uncle. And so what I knew going into this was whether I won or lost. My uncle lost every race that he won, but he still changed the community to be the greatest. So. Well, 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 let me ask you this. Um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned your, your great uncle mm-hmm. and, and his accomplishments. What do you see in your future? Is uh, majority leader of the Erie County Legislature the end of it? <laughs> no, well, I think wherever the door opens, wherever God leads me, that's where I walk. I do believe that I, I know that I want to leave some type of imprint. I work in higher education on the side as well, and I look at 
great the great Arthur Eve and I look at a program like EOP and HEOP and I'll say forever we will be able to look back on his service as a public servant and we know that higher education has more accessibility for low income uh, people for, of color because of this great man so what am I going to leave behind what legacy am I going to believe I do think about that all the time what position I'll play in leadership and politics I don't know where if I win I win if I don't I continue to serve well, well, well I also <laughs> work in higher education on the side. And uh, I know that my election to the Erie County Legislature made a difference not only in my life and my family's life, but hopefully my constituents' lives, but also in the lives of my students yes. because I've been able to kind of uh, the two kind of dovetail, the two jobs kind of dovetail. I can bring some of my legislative stuff into the classroom and some of my classroom into the legislature. Have you found that to be the it's case? It's very true. So my program that I run in higher education focuses on teaching first-generation college students or students who come from low-income families how to survive and navigate through the college experience uh, because we live in a society that prepares kids to get into college but not survive and you see people from these demographics often dropping out even if they have an excelsior scholarship or say a scholarship it's not the financial burden but it's navigating through the new world of higher education and so with me serving in, as an elected official in a community that's in flux with poverty I'm able to understand the reasons why these kids get so uncomfortable in higher education and can't figure out how to advocate for themselves and essentially drop out and then contribute to the poverty cycle that they came from. And that, and that so. crosses, I mean, that's, that's something that crosses race. I mean, we have yes. a high dropout rate across the board and retention rate. It is very what, what are some things that are working that you're noticing that maybe something that could be brought over for entire colleges? Experiential learning is something that I, I really believe that we just need to embrace. Again, speaking to technological advancements and the way uh, young people's attention is drawn into the classroom, I, I think it would benefit our education culture as a whole to come away we, from the traditional ways of teaching and just engaging. We, we, we have only about uh, 30 seconds left. So right. your your great uncle, Johnny B. Wiley, got a stadium named after you. What do you want named after you <laughs> in 30 years? I don't know. Uh, well, listen, listen, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to let you think about that. We'll okay. have you back on some other time. But it, it, for, for now, April, I want to thank you for being here. I know thank the legislature you, is in recess. I, I look forward to seeing you, working yes. with you for many years sure. to come. Listen, uh, when we return, uh, Jim Heaney from uh, Investigative Post will be here. Bill Conrad will still be here. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 